Welcome to Cornerstone Church of Parker and our Sunday service webcast, which is connecting you to God's Word anywhere over the internet. We're glad you're joining our webcast today and pray that God will minister to you as we share His good news in Christ Jesus. And now, with a message from God's Word, here's our speaker for today. Responsiveness builds loyalty. How can you build loyalty in your relationships one positive interaction at a time? And so to start off today, I need to play a game of catch. Okay? I need to play a game of catch with somebody. So I, I have right-handed and left-handed gloves here. Um, and you, in order to be able to, you have to be able to catch because I really like those windows over there. And, and I, I just don't want to see a ball go through them. So do we have anybody here? capable and willing to play a game of catch. Barry, thank you, sir. Come on up. Give him a round of applause, please. All right. Barry, what's up, man? Good to see you. I got your messages for you. Did you get mine? All right. We'll, we'll come back. All right. There's that. And we're going to do baseball. Are you okay with that? All right. So here we go. All right. So let's play a game of catch. A game of catch reminds me, or teaches me, a lot about relationships, and especially about communication, okay? And it doesn't take long for someone to figure out what a good game of catch looks like and a bad game of catch looks like. So, first, uh, I I came up with three characteristics, okay? The first characteristic has to do with the timeliness of the throw. I would say it's punctual, okay? All my points start with P because that's what happens. Right? We use alliteration. So if either of us, you know, say, start holding the ball for very long, okay, how much catch are we actually playing right now? None. And so how likely, Barry, if, if we play catch and I hold the ball, say, two minutes between throws, how likely are you to play catch with me again in the future? Probably not. That's true. And the same thing is true in our relationships, okay? If we respond to people later than we actually should or later than what it actually, that situation requires, okay, they're probably going to be less likely to interact with us in the future. Conversely, if our responses come a little bit too early and we catch the person off guard, that can get awkward or really funny. We've always, we've seen uh, those America's funniest uh, home videos where some dad gets hit in the, in the area or something because he's not watching and it comes too quick, all right? So we all have experienced uh, those awkward and funny moments. So that's the first characteristic of a good game of catch and also a response. It has to be punctual. It's got to come in a, way, in a timely fashion. The second characteristic is it's got to be powerful. It's got to have enough strength to get there. Now, if we were a little closer, I pro- we probably wouldn't be throwing it to each other as hard as we could. Correct? We'd be doing like a little lob. We would match our situation to, oh, he's fancy. We would match back up. We would match our, our toss strength. Watch the lights. 
I, that's to me, not you, okay? Um, we would match our toss to the situation, okay? And if, I, if one or either of us starts doing this sort of thing, just kind of weak throws, okay? If I made him come up every time, so if I... <laughs> If we don't match our toss to the situation, how likely are we going to play catch again in the future? Not, not likely. And the same is true in our responses. If, if we respond hard when we should respond soft or vice versa, people are not going to be very likely to interact with us again in the future. So the first is punctual. The second is powerful. And the third is personal. Our tosses in a good game of catch, a good game of catch, usually come to the glove. Right? To a glove. If he puts his glove down here, he wants one low, then I'm going to try to throw it low. Okay? If he throws it high, puts the glove up high, then I'm going to try to get it to where he wants it. Okay? That's important in a good game of catch. If one of us starts, say, just throwing out random cliche tosses, kind of kind of thoughtless, or I take out my phone and I just, whatever, and I just start, you know, just diddle, you know, fiddling around on my phone, I'm distracted. How likely will he be to uh, play catch with me again in the future? How likely? Nah, not at all. He'd be like, eh, you know, I'm not going to do that. All right? I'm not going to play catch with somebody who's not putting it in my glove or at least trying to do so. All right? And so the uh, third characteristic of a good game of catch is it's got to be personal. And that is true with our responses as well. Give him a round of applause, please. Barry, thank you, sir. All right, so we'll be coming back to this game of catch analogy today as we, as I show you in Scripture how uh, I get these three characteristics. Okay? Um, turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 1. 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 1. You see, if our response is to others are not high quality, okay? If we have a low quality response, meaning they don't, they're not very punctual, they're not timely, they're either late or they're too early, um, they're not matched to the situation, um, or they're impersonal, robotic, cliche responses, then people are not going to be very likely to interact with us again in the future, okay? Which is the opposite of loyalty. If we can learn to respond in a high quality way, then people will be loyal to us. We will build loyalty with them. All right, so 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 1. Are you there? Say amen. All right, stand with me. Uh, just out of respect for God's word, I'm going to read 20 verses. And I tried it this morning, it took like 90 seconds. All right? So read, you just read in your head. I'll read up here. Here we go. Um, 2 Samuel 22, verses 1 through 20. David sang to the Lord the words of this song, and the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. He said, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold, my refuge, and my savior from violent men who saved me. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I am saved from my enemies. The waves of death swirled about me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I called out to my God. From his temple, he heard my voice. 
my cry came to his ears. The earth trembled and quaked. The foundations of the heavens shook. They trembled because he was angry. Smoke rose from his nostrils. Consuming fire came from his mouth. Burning coals blazed out of it. He parted the heavens and came down. Dark clouds were under his feet. He mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his canopy around him. The dark rain clouds of the sky were searching. Out of the brightness of his presence, bolts of lightning blazed forth. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot arrows and scattered the enemy. Bolts of lightning and routed them. Verse 16. The valleys of the sea were exposed, and the foundations of the earth laid bare at the rebuke of the Lord, at the blast of breath from his nostrils. He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemies, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Father God, we come before you today in Jesus' name. And Lord, I just pray that you would take this word and apply it to our heart. Let us leave here different than when we came in. Let us leave here more sensitive, more uh, aware of how responsive we are and, and with a, a willingness to, to grow in our marriage. And I am constantly needing to grow. I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, we're playing catch all the time. Okay? In your marriage, you're playing catch. In your relationship with your children, you're playing catch. With your boss or your employees, you're playing catch. With your friends, you're playing catch all the time. You're communicating. You're interacting with them. And so if, if we do not learn how to respond um, in a high-quality way, then the, the length and the quality of those relationships is, are going to suffer. Right? The more responsive we are, the better those relationships will become. So from that uh, line of thought, we think, okay, so if the quality and length of our relationships depends on our responsiveness, what does a good response look like? All right? I've already given you the three uh, characteristics, but we'll see how they're true in these scriptures. Take a look with me uh, at Second Samuel chapter 22. Let's start with verses 1 through 3. Let's just take a look at these and understand the context and where I'm drawing some of these things. Uh, so we've got in verse, uh, verse 1, we see, first of all, who wrote this? David, right? He wrote it. He's writing it about the Lord. And he includes a couple other people in there. He includes uh, his enemies and Saul. And so he wrote it when? After God delivered him from his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And of God, looking in verse 2, he says, God, you're my rock. In, uh, you're my fortress. You're my deliverer. And he elaborates on those a little bit more in the following verses. He says, I take refuge in you. You're my shield. Uh, in verse 4, uh, or it, he says, he's just so loyal. And so when we think about our relationships with each other and with the other people we interact with throughout the week, whether it be in our home or at work or at school or just in, around in the community, if we want to keep people from shopping around for someone else to fulfill our role in their lives, then we have to learn how to respond to them like God responded to David. How many acts of adultery begin because one or both of the spouses, they stop playing catch with each other? It's hard to play catch on your own. And so when somebody else comes along and offers to play catch, it's awful tempting. It's awful tempting. What about teenagers and, and, and children and students growing up? 
and their parents are, are just busy and just absolutely overwhelmed with their own lives. And the kids are trying to play catch with their parents. Or sometimes vice versa. Someone else comes along and wants to play catch with them and might not be the great most best influence in their lives. Mighty tempting. Mighty tempting. What about at work? Boy, a lot of distracted people at work these days, isn't there? How many bosses are looking around for other employees because their employees are just distracted? They're trying to play catch. And they're, they're just not with it. Or vice versa. How many employees are looking around for other jobs and they're going to jump just as soon as they can because they're trying to play catch with their boss and it ain't happening. Right? We have these interactions all the time and our level of responsiveness determines how long and how, how good they really are, how satisfying, how productive, and how enjoyable they are. And so let's look at these three characteristics again. We talked about them. Uh, in, with Barry and I in our game of catch. Let me show you how I get them from Scripture. Because we need to learn how to respond to others in the same way that God responded to David if we want uh, their loyalty. Uh, first characteristic is punctual. It's punctual. It comes in a timely fashion. Look again, uh, look again at verse 4. Look at verse 4 with me. Okay. It says, I call to the Lord, and I am saved from my enemies. Uh, look in number five. In the waves of my distress is swirled around me. The cords of the grave, verse six, pulled around me. In my distress, verse seven, I called out to the Lord. And from his temple he heard my cry. My cry came to his, earth, his ears. And then verse eight says, the earth trembled. The earth trembled. Look up to number 11. He mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. And what I see in this situation is I see a man... David, who needed God right away, and God responded right away. He didn't wait a week. He didn't wait a month. He didn't even wait an hour. He, David was in distress, and he called out to the Lord, and God mounted a cherubim, okay? Mounted a cherubim. It's like us getting a Maserati. He just got there, okay? It was instant. He got there, and he helped David. And for that reason, David uh, was loyal to the Lord. Uh, you know, does God always respond right away? Just from experience? No, he, he doesn't. But he is always on time. And there's an old song that I remember hearing when I was a child. And um, it, it was kind of annoying as I grow, grow up. But as I get older, I got just got it in me. That, that, that gospel. Just, anybody else that gospel in there? Kind of. She's like, you're just shaking me. It got in me a little bit. I've never forgotten it. It's always stuck with me. And so we're going to play a game right now. Okay, we're going to play a game. We're going to play Name That Song three times together. Right? I was thinking, oh, I'd like to talk to make this a little bit fun. So we're going to play Name This, Name That Song, and there's two parts of it. Okay, so uh, Dwayne's going to play uh, a very specific amount of this song. And there's two things you can do to guys. Can you just raise your hand to guys? I'm going to try to call on the first people I see. You have to either name the artist or fill in the blank. Like, give me the next few words. So, Dwayne, let's see how this goes. Let's see if anybody knows my old gospel song.
somebody got that filled. All right, so yes, God, he may not come when you want him, but he'll always be on time, all right? God's responses are always punctual. They always come uh, when we need them most. And so when we think about responding to each other, okay, um, do we always need to respond right away to gain the loyalty of other people? No, not necessarily, okay? But our responses should be timely, meaning they should come when somebody else will appreciate them most. Not too early and not too late, but when it is appreciated most. And so learning how to respond in a timely, punctual fashion, it it takes a lot of prayer and a lot of practice. It's not easy to get in the habit. But when we get really good at it, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 15.23 that it will be a source of great joy in our lives. So to build long-lasting, loyal relationships with others, our responses need to be first and foremost. Uh, we're going to take a, a, just a quick break. We're going to do what I call a three-minute stand and stretch break. All right? And in this, this is a very purposeful time. This is different than greeting. Because when you're up standing and stretching, I want you to share a time when you received a timely response from the Lord. Maybe you needed him right away and he came right away. Or maybe you thought you needed him right away when you really did it, and God answered your prayer at a later time, and you thought, wow, I, I'm glad he answered it at that point. Okay, so, you got a story? Something in mind? Stand up on your feet. Stretch out a second. Dwayne's going to give us a little music, and I'll get you back here in about three minutes. Go share.
going to wrap up our stories. I'll give you about 15 seconds. All right. Praise the Lord. Hopefully, we all got a chance to share a good story and hear a good story. I love stories. Um, so let's review quickly what we've learned so far before we get into our last two characteristics. We've learned uh, that the link and quality of our relationships, especially our critical relationships or those relationships that we can't live without, um, depends on the quality of our responses. If we have low-quality responses, we are typically going to have low-quality relationships and vice versa. High-quality relationships come from very or develop between very responsive people. The first characteristic of a good response is that it has to be punctual. It has to come in a, in a timely fashion that someone will appreciate it most, just like in a good game of catch. Here's the second characteristic. It's got to be powerful. And by powerful, I mean our response has to, the strength of our response has to match the situation. If the situation calls for softness, then a soft response is what we ought to give. If it calls for a harsh response or a hard response, then that is what we ought to give. When we, uh, that's an art form. Okay, learning how to, to match your strength to the situation takes a, a, a lot of prayer and a lot of practice. Let me show you how to get that from Second uh, Samuel, verse uh, chapter twenty-two, verses eight, ten, and fifteen. Will you look back at that with me? Let's actually look at verses eight through sixteen. Look at those again. Let me just kind of skip through them. It says the earth trembles. So David calls out. God responds. The earth trembles and quakes. Quake. The foundations of heaven shook. They trembled because God was angry. As I read this, I want you to notice how much God says versus how much he does. Okay? How much does God say versus how much he does? So verse 9. Smoke rose from his nostrils, consuming fire came from his mouth, burning coals blazed out of it. He parted the heavens, he came down. Uh, he mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his canopy. Uh, out of the brightness of his presence, bolts of lightning blazed forth. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot arrows. He scattered enemies. Uh, verse 16, the valleys of the sea were exposed. At the foundations of the earth they bare to the deep of the Lord of the blast and breath of his nostrils. Do you read God saying anything directly? I do not read God saying anything at all. I see a lot of, of God. I see God doing all sorts of stuff. I see God kicking butt and taking names. All right, David calls out, God, he's angry. He's, his smoke is coming out of his uh, 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 blast of breath from his nostrils. The very foundations of the earth are laid bare. Picture the, this ocean or the sea just being breathing out. Have you ever been snorting mad? Snorting mad? Like, and you just can't, you can't even, like, you just want to chop a tree down or something mad. You ever been that mad, Tom? Just, oh, just put my... Oh, just don't be around me right now. I'm going to blow up. God was snorting mad. Snorting mad. And his snorts from his his nose were laying uh, bare the, the earth, the foundations of the earth. And, and so what this tells me is, first and foremost, you know, when we respond to people, oftentimes we think that lots of words make for high-quality responses. And that is really What's true, or what people really need, is they need us to be action-oriented. Most times, okay? 
And that reminds me of a song. Okay, so here we go. And that song. Let's see if this is from the 80s. Best guess. Don't tell me what you're going to do or you want to do. Tell me what you already did. Tell me what you already did. I chose that song because it reminded me, you know what, a lot of times people don't, they don't want to hear what you're going to do for them. Okay? They want you just to do it. Okay? A really great response is action-oriented. They don't, like God here, God didn't tell David, okay, listen, David, I know you're in distress, and see that cherubim over there? I'm going to mount it, I'm going to fly, and then, uh, you know, I'm going to lay the oceans bare. Are you ready for this? You know, just preferably. He didn't do that, he just did it. And because of this highly uh, action-oriented response, David says, I'm not shopping around for another person to fulfill your role in my life. And the same is true for you and I. If we want the loyalty of our spouse or of our children or of our boss or employees or our friends or anybody in the community, then our responses most times are going to have to be action-oriented. That builds loyalty. Um, and so, as I mentioned, words are not necessarily always part of a highly high-quality response. Uh, let me share a story with you that illustrates this, I think, really well, especially since it's in my song. I picked out bad songs this morning, so bear with me. Um, this is Patrick Vaughn. He was a chaplain. Okay. He, he writes this in the African Post. He says, many years ago, I worked as a chaplain in a large trauma hospital. One evening, I was called to visit the family of a young man. Charles was his name, and he had fallen out of the back of a truck and suffered a severe head injury. His family and I sat together as the doctor explained that they had done all they could do for the but sadly, his mother's neck uh, wanted to see Charles, to kiss his forehead, to say goodbye. I led them into the room right away. And just as soon as his mother saw his body, she just fainted. I was 23 years old, Patrick says, and completely bewildered. An orderly must have seen the confusion on my face. He stopped what he was doing and immediately walked toward us. He knelt down on the ground, clasped the mother's hand in his hand, and said, Very nice. Very nice. See, the orderly's response was powerful, and yet it was soft. Okay? Sometimes the most powerful, most appropriate responses are not the loudest, nor do they involve the most words. And so for us, we need to keep that in mind. If you're a person that is just, your general tone is always loud, then you're going to have to work on that. And some, you know, same for you people who are, for uh, those of us who are generally soft, everything is a soft response, sometimes we need to kick it up a notch. So, match, when we learn to match our response to the situation, we're going to build loyalty. All right. First characteristic. Who can tell me a first characteristic of a good response? Sarah. It's punctual. Second characteristic? 
most powerful. And who remembers the third? It's got to be personal. That's right. David was loyal to God because God's response to David was a personal one. It wasn't cliche. It wasn't robotic. It wasn't a, uh, like an instant message like you could put in, like I'm on vacation or something like that. You know? It wasn't a pre-programmed response. It, was, it came straight from the Lord. It was very personal. Look at verses 17 to 20 with me. And as we read it, I want you to notice, in fact, I want you to count how many times the word me or my are used. Now, all of our translations are slightly different, and so you count, I'll count, and we'll compare. All right? Verses 17 through 20. He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out of a, into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. How many times did you count me or mine? Twelve. I think I was, mine was like ten or eleven. Ten or eleven. So we're talking four verses and ten, twelve mentions of the word me and mine. And so from that, when I looked at that, I thought, man, God's response to David was very, very personal. And my game was very, it was like throwing it right to the glove. Wherever he put his glove, he put it. Or that's where I tried to throw the ball. And the same for for David and the Lord here, and the same for us. If we want to build really good relationships, loyal relationships that last a long time, relationships that we can call on when our life becomes uncertain, okay? Because when life becomes uncertain, what keeps us stable is not all the stuff we have, necessarily. I mean, sure, we have insurance, we have different things, but eventually that runs out, and you know what? That kind of stuff can't, it can't touch what we need inside. When, when things are uncertain and we need stability, where do we go? We go to people, whether it be God or others, right? We look to people. And when we can't do for ourselves what needs to be done, who do we look to? We look to others. We look to our spouse or our children or our friends or people at work. And so if we want in, to enjoy the benefits of loyal relationships, then we've got to learn how to personalize, personalize our responses. Um, take a look at Psalm 139, 1-6. Turn over there really quick with me. Because the question that came to me was, does God always respond to every person's request in such a personal fashion? So go to Psalm 139. That's another psalm that David wrote. Psalm 139, verse 1-6. Take a look at that again. Psalm 139, verses 1 through 6, it says, David writes, O Lord, you have searched me, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to obtain. So, you know, I'm not sure if God responds every single time, if every single time you and I call to him, he's going to you know, call for the, the cherubim and get the smoke and blasting. I, I personally haven't had that happen, although that would be really super cool if God scattered some enemies and threw some bolts of lightning. I'd just like to see some people running. That would be fun. Okay? <laughs> but I do know that God watches over the details of our lives. Okay? David tells us here, you search me, you know me, you know when I go in, you know when I come out, you know everything about me. Before I even say a word, Lord, you know me. And if you're wondering today if God knows you, just look to these verses. 
is for confidence. God knows exactly uh, where you're at, what you're going through, what you're thinking, what you're feeling. And just as he did for David, he will do for you. God knows us. And this reminds me of a story. Here we go. Can you guess the next lyric? Everybody point at Mike. Every point on three, we're going to give him a you're awesome. Are you ready? One, two, three. You're awesome. You are awesome. Nice. Thank you so much for rescuing me from that. All right. So, you know, Tommy Walker's song, he reminds me that God is not a generic God. Okay? Uh, he's, he's not throwing out cliches. He's not throwing out these robotic responses. I'm just think for one moment how many people pray to God every day. I mean, we have, I have four kids. And I, I, Jamie can attest to this even, even better than I can. Okay, how many times, Frank, do, do the kids ask you for something and say, and say the same thing? Exactly. And how many moms and dads can relate to that? Mom, can I this? Mom, can I this? You're like, oh, it's natural for us to, you know, throw out a couple cliche responses. I think occasionally there's like two or three minutes uh, where I just kind of say yes to everything. Or no to everything, and they're like, "What? Can I brush my teeth? No, no, no. Just you know, just throw out no, yeses, whatever." And and so we get overwhelmed, but God does not get overwhelmed. There's not a single moment in time when God says, "For crying out loud, quit praying so much. You know, quit quit calling on me so much. I, I can't deal with this. I'm just on vacation. He's putting the. I just learned something in Gmail about a boomerang app that you can like put your inbox on silent for a while. God doesn't have the boomerang." He never puts his, his prayer line on, on silent, okay? He's never going to throw out these cliche responses. And if God doesn't do that, considering how busy he is, then neither should we, especially if we want to build long-lasting, loyal relationships. Here's one tip that I am continually working on with myself, and I'll share it with you. This is how I tend to try, I try to personalize my responses. Whoever I talk to or whoever's talking to me, I turn my feet towards them. Okay? So if you're talking to me, I try to orientate myself to my feet by pointing towards you. Because what does that tell you? My body language is most of my communication, like 16% of communication is body language. With my feet pointed towards you, that tells me, hey, I'm, I'm here, I'm listening to you. Okay? If you're talking to me and my feet are like this, what does that tell you? Hurry up, because I'm going that way. Right? I've got some place to go, so make it quick. All right? Or I'm, you're not extremely important to me. The worst is when I actually walk like this, and you're trying to talk to me. What does that tell you? How important does it make you feel when I'm walking away from you and you're trying to talk to me? Okay? I, this, is, this is something I have to constantly work on. Okay? And the Holy Spirit, who often sounds like my wife, okay, helps me grow in. All right? You're walking away from me again, you know. I'm, guys, guys, love them. Are you guilty of it? Yes, I can be. I'm, I'm right there with you. So 
So somebody's talking to me, I'm, I'm walking away. So I have to consciously put my feet towards them. And that helps me build better relationships. Okay? And so there's three responses, three things that we can, we can do uh, to build loyalty in our relationships, make them last longer, and be more productive and enjoyable. Who can tell me the first characteristic of a good response real quick? Anybody? It's punctual. It's timely. Second response? Powerful, we match the strength of the situation. Does that often involve lots of words? Not necessarily. Sometimes it does. Okay, and what's the last one? It's personal. What's the tip? What should we work on? Have to do with our feet. Point them at whoever's talking to you. Very good. All right, so let's close our time together. You can close your Bible. Let me ask you a couple questions before we close in prayer. First of all, how responsive are you? Okay. How responsive are you? And if you really, really want to know the answer to that question, don't answer it yourself. Okay. Go to someone who's close to you, whether it be your spouse. That takes a lot of courage. Go home and ask your spouse, how responsive am I to you? Do I answer you in a timely fashion? Um, do I, am I matching my responses to you? Am I always loud? Or am I always soft? How can I respond to you in a better better way? Um, do I walk away from you when you talk to me? There's a good question to ask. Okay? Ask somebody close to you, whether it be your spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, parent, uh, child, okay? Maybe someone at work, a co-worker. Okay? Because home and work, sometimes things are slightly different there. Ask them. Especially if you're a leader, ask your employees, hey, walk away from you when I talk to you sometimes. I'm really trying to work on being more responsive. Okay? And when they answer you, how should you respond? Should you get defensive? Take notes? Tell them, oh, that's not true? Remember? Remember? No, we don't do that. Just say, hey, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. And, and then mull it over and see if there's any truth to what they're telling you. Okay? Ultimately, though, who's the best person to ask? The Lord. Ask the Lord. So this week, as we close our time together, I just want um, to start that prayer. I want to start that prayer between me and the Lord. And I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to also kind of do a dual prayer. I'm going to pray a prayer of dismissal. Um, and when we're done praying, um, just briefly for prayer. If you'd like prayer for anything specific, come on up. I'd love to pray with you. I'll be here. I'll be here for you. Take time. Make sure you for us. And on your way out, just greet a couple people. How many of you follow me today? How many of you follow me? Okay. Father God, we just come before you. Each, each one of us just humbles ourselves before you today. God, we, we have one question on our mind, and that is, Lord, how responsive are you? Lord, not just to those around us, Lord, but to you. God, when you're speaking to us, are we responding to you in a way that, that you appreciate most, God? Are we, are we responding with faith? God, or we put me off, Lord, or I just pray that you would begin to speak to our hearts this week. Let this sermon, let this lesson, uh, this thing to catch, this analogy, let it go with us, God. Let it stick in our minds. And would, Holy Spirit, would you just begin to work on that, God, and help us to develop a better response, Lord, so that our relationships with you and with others can be long-lasting, productive, and very enjoyable. Lord, thank you for these people, wonderful people, Cornerstone Church. Would you just lift a hand this morning? 
with them and who will end up in this really bad situation. Lord, I thank you for these wonderful people. I pray your blessings over their lives, over their marriages, over their relationships with their children, Lord, over their, their relationships at work, Lord, over their finances. Lord, I know there's people who need a breakthrough. We thank you for listening to this Sunday service webcast from Cornerstone Church of Parker in Parker, Colorado. We hope that His truth has enriched your life and inspires you to greater works in God's kingdom. We invite you to worship with us in our Sunday morning service or join in our other ministry events posted on cornerstonechurchofparker.org. Cornerstone Church, built on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ and connecting people to God, each other, and to our world.